and welcome to another episode of the How Long To Beat podcast. I'm your host, Paula, joined by the amazing Avadach, or Josh. What's up, everybody? And uh, today we have a very interesting topic, so spoiler alert, we're talking about spoilers. Mm -hmm. And like how uh, we think about spoilers, um, how we avoid them, do we seek them out, all that good stuff. And also we'll... Uh, close the episode after our beaten, retired, and playing segments of the episode. We're also gonna play another round of Guess the Game. So, Josh, you are the only one who has beaten anything, so go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've beaten one game since we last spoke, and it was Halo Combat Evolved, uh, technically the anniversary edition, in case anyone's playing along because I've been playing it as part of the Master Chief collection that's on Game Pass. Uh, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago in the first episode. I initially played it on Xbox, but didn't really get down with the controls uh, using a gamepad. So I ended up picking up on PC more recently, and I, I finished the game. And I don't have heaps to say about it, because it's kind of like it's an old game that kind of shows its age. So... I've I've moved on to the second one, which I'm you know we talk about when we're talking about what we're playing, but um, I kind of the only reason I can think that I finished it was because it's Halo, and everyone knows Halo, and Halo is the biggest thing on Xbox, and yeah, if it wasn't Halo, then I probably wouldn't have finished it because to be honest, it was really slow. It felt like there's no even run option. You just kind of go at the same speed everywhere. Uh, the controls felt weird. The uh, the combat was kind of... There wasn't a lot of uh, feedback for the player. I mm -hmm. didn't feel like there was anyway. But I say all this with a caveat. Like I don't want to just complain. It's just an old game, I think, and we've improved things since then. So that's why I think it didn't really hit for me because... I don't know, the the limitations of it being a console game and uh, being like the first big first-person shooter console game, I can see how it would have been fun in, in the day, but yeah, it, it wasn't... I'm glad I played it and saw what the, the whole deal was, but I wasn't... It's not something I'm really, really grateful I played kind of thing. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. more... Yeah, it's more just for the sake of it because it is such a famous game. Um, about like the lack of uh, feedback when you were playing the game, like what do you mean exactly? Uh, so you know how it's very much a, I find it's very much like a shooter thing, where I mean like um like visual and audio kind of feedback on if you fire a shotgun, something makes you feel like it's really powerful and heavy, and it's it's the sound design, it's the visual design of what happens on screen. And all that kind of stuff is stuff that's feeding back to the player about uh, what what you're doing and and the impact of everything that's happening. Like, mm -hmm. like yeah, if you if you fire a shotgun in Doom or something, there's the sound effect and there's what you're seeing on screen and everything, and you can quote unquote feel it a lot more <laughs> than say a a weapon in a game where it just you just point and push the button and and something dies in front of you, but there's nothing else to really tell you that something's happening. 
Yeah, I get you. So in Halo, they, it was it was okay, but I think because of the age, it kind of lacked a bit of uh, a bit of feedback on some of the weapons, where it just felt like you were just pew pewing and not not a lot's happening, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Um, kind of like reminds me of uh, I played a little bit of Valkyrie Chronicles, and like the weapons in that game kind of feel different. Yeah. Uh, so like, and also like, since I'm playing it on Switch, like it also has like a slight rumble. So yes. it, it, you you kind of feel how it packs a bunch. Like it's completely different to control like such a slow moving um, tank, for example. Mm-hmm. And like uh, you aim and you shoot and you see like the whole animation of how, even though it is slow, it is powerful uh, yeah. versus using like the uh, lighter uh, units and the lighter weapons. Yeah, totally. And that rumble's a good one as well for that. Um, but all those sorts of things that are kind of telling the player that something impactful is happening on the screen kind of thing or or something you did caused an action. Um, yeah, so I I often put it down to very much sound design and how, how um, weapons sound when they shoot. Like if it's just mm. like a puh, you're like, no, oh, that's... <laughs> that's underwhelming but if it's like a big boom you're like oh well, hey i've got some power here you know like um yeah <laughs> so yeah i felt it, it was a bit underwhelming and halo in general was a bit underwhelming for me however i say all of that with the knowledge that this is an old game it, uh you know it has dated a lot like i know it's a bit of a meme now but there's a vehicle called a warthog which everyone will know from the game and it's like a jeep thing and it's very popular in multiplayer because you get a driver and you can have someone sitting in the passenger seat and there's like a, a gunner a position as well so you can kind of squad up with your mates and go driving across the map and like shoot heaps of dudes and stuff but to control mm. the warthog there's no like accelerate or um break or anything like that it's just push forward and whichever way you're fo- facing it will turn to so you basically have to turn your view to the left to make it turn left and it also feels like it's running on ice, like there's no that friction at all. That doesn't sound pleasant at all. <laughs> well, consider that, and it's a bit of a meme, like it's a bit of a joke how bad this is. Like I've seen memes online about, uh, especially multiplayer, people doing weird things with the Warthog to make it do flips and move about in really <laughs> strange ways. And yeah, it's a pretty, it's a funny kind of, haha, this is so bad, but we have fun with it kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but... <laughs> think of that but then put it as the very spoiler warning by the way if if you are worried about the ending of or part of the ending of um halo combat evolved from many many years ago there's like a gauntlet at the end where you're you're escaping something and you have to get in a warthog and drive along a very straight kind of path but it's there's lots of jumps and things and there's people shooting at you and you know you're just trying to get away but because the physics on the warthog are so bad and there's no there's no like friction when you hit the ground or anything it kind of is very floaty the amount of times i'm like cruising down it's this big epic moment there's explosions going off everywhere and i'm racing away in this jeep and i'm like jumping through the air and stuff but then because of the weird physics i end up flipping and landing on the my roof and that kind of spits you out so then you have to press a button to like flip the thing back onto its wheels jump back in and then kind of get back to it. 
and that happened like three or four times throughout this epic sequence, which should have just been this big, smooth kind of get big getaway kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it kind of pulls you out of the, uh, what I think the story is trying to do by being kind yeah. of janky. So, <laughs> but again, I cannot stress enough before people get annoyed at me. I appreciate this is an old game and I'm used to very different kind of, uh, first person shooters. Cause this is obviously designed for console. Like the speed of it is a thing, uh, just the speed of movement and everything. And that is very much a console thing because, uh, if you're playing with mouse and keyboard, you can look around and change direction, and everything super quick. Cause you can put up your mouse sensitivity or whatever, and just like flip around in, in a mini millisecond. But on a console, <laughs> you've got your sticks. So you kind of push to the left or right, and then you start turning and you wait until you're facing the right way. And then you stop pushing. Mm. So that movement in itself is just slower. So everything has to compensate for that as well. Like if you're trying to aim at something, you need more time to aim than if you've got a mouse and you can just kind of go. Boop. So the whole game as a whole kind of feels a lot slower, but I'm, um, like I say, I started playing Halo 2 and I'm interested to see where that goes. And it already kind of feels better and more, much more improved. Uh, the last thing I will say though on Halo is the Master Chief Collection version with the Anniversary Edition is probably the best way to play because it's basically a remaster. And they've done that cool thing where you're playing through the game with the new graphics and the new sounds and everything but you just hit tab and it all switches to the original graphics and everything. So that's cool. You, yeah. You can kind of go into an area, just hit tab and like, see what it used to look like. And of course it's very lo-fi and you know, the lighting is much worse and the textures are less detailed and everything. And even the sound design is different and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you hit tab again, and it all goes back to the new stuff. So that's a lot of fun. And I really like that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, that was Halo for me, basically. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Um, but I did also retire a game this week, which was new. Uh, I haven't retired something for a while. But it's it's just a, a game called Monster Jam Steel Titans, which, if you don't know what it is, it's a monster truck racing game. Uh. But, and it consists of two types of competition. There's like... Uh, races as in you know around laps around a, a circuit or from point to point through the wilderness or whatever but then there's also like stunt races where you've got like almost like a skate park but you're in your monster truck so you're doing flips and everything in your monster truck and trying to do combos and all this kind of stuff it's all right i just kind of got a bit bored with it to be honest and stopped playing it for a while and i was looking at it today and thought you know what i just i'm not interested in going back to it um yeah, it's a nice idea, but it felt a little undercooked overall. So, yeah, I thought I'd retire it. Uh, but I don't really have much to say about it, actually, because it's basically a monster truck game. <laughs> and it's pretty average. I mean, the uh, Monster Jam series is, I think, has been around for a while. But... um. I think there's newer ones which are better, so maybe I'll try them one day. But yeah, this one, that's it. Uh, but yeah, I noticed you also had a retirement polo. 
Yeah, this is a rare ball of retirement, uh, I think. And it is Pokemon mm-hmm. Odysseus. So uh, as much as I like the game, uh, first of all, I am back into classes. So all my time, I rather just spend playing something that has an ending. But also, I kind of got a little bit bored, mainly because um, it is weird because uh, you're kind of like at the mercy of RNGs a little bit on how you build your teams, which mm. it's kind of like not my cup of tea mainly because I like having control over what I'm doing. And also I feel like the longer the match goes, the less um, probable is that you can turn it around. Right. Like since you you are able to sell like the base evolution of, of the Pokemon line uh, for the same price that you bought it. But once you combine three uh, and get an evolution, the return rates seem to be like lower each time in a way. Like I spent, mm-hmm. let's say, like six gold to get to the second evolution because each base evolution gold, uh, costs two gold. And then I can sell it for four gold once it is evolved. So in that way, um, since you have to have your team of Pokemon like kind of like decided since the the midpoint of the game, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to change strategies like when you're really um, like deep into a into a match is kind of like difficult. I even. Uh, a little bit impossible depending of the um like of the types of pokemon you have and the types you want to pop to uh so in that case it's kind of like meh because i like playing <laughs> rts's i work up three and age of empires four and age of empires two and all that jazz uh but the magic on those games is that if you know what I, what you're doing you can turn around uh late game like in the light game you can mm-hmm. turn it around and actually win a a match like not everything is lost unless you're like really really behind you have nowhere to hide and the other player just manages to count you down like a uh, big time but i've turned around like matches uh when everything seems lost and that has like a very satisfying feeling to it, which I'm not getting out of Pokemon Autoches. Uh, also, um, since it doesn't have like the randomness of what you're gonna get, um, I also like feeling more in control and like memorizing like an early way to min-max my resources, depending on which uh, race slash civilization I'm playing. And uh like nailing down like every step of the way is something you cannot get care like in Pokemon Latiches. Mm. Like I guess there's there are players that have higher success rates because they not really know each uh synergy and they know like uh, which synergies are like stronger against which and also, like, they know how to make the most uh, of the Pokemon they're getting. 
but still like that that lack factor kills it for me absolutely so yeah that is my retirement for this week uh do you want to roll along with the playing yeah uh why don't, why don't you keep going and talk about what you've been playing as well okay so i've been quote unquote and these are big fucking quotes been playing pokemon sleep <laughs> so pokemon the pokemon company like launches launch an app that is designed to make you want to go to sleep and to sleep the amount of hours you should sleep and then you get like a nice surprise at the next morning so the story more or less <laughs> goes like hey this is a professor that is studying like sleep patterns on pokemon and there are these islands or like zones that have like a, a big happy snorlax sleeping on them and this Norlax kind of like attracts other Pokemon to it uh, in the night and they just sleep uh, surrounding it. So, um, you. The main mechanic of the game is you, that you have to go to sleep and have the app like active during the night, which is like the first problem because <laughs> it really drains the battery during the night. Yeah. And I don't have like a. Is somewhere to plug my my phone like just like by my side while when I sleep because of sleeping arrangements. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is is that and it's it's kind of like if it, like it kind of like records so like uh hears the sounds that you're making when you're asleep. Uh, so in that way, it kind of like tries to guess if you're like in deep sleep. Or if you are uh, not sleeping at all and stuff like that. Uh, skipping the part where an app pretty much watching you sleep is a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, it also happens <laughs> that I live with someone, and that someone has a different sleep schedule than I do, because I'm an early bird and he's a night owl. So in that regard. All my recordings are like all my uh, sleep data is messed up. That is problem <laughs> one, number one. The other problem is that I either forget to set the app, and if you don't set the app, it doesn't uh, register that you're sleeping. So you can, and you can uh, manually input like the hours you were sleeping, but. Uh, you don't get to meet like in the new Pokemon that uh, were sleeping with, with the Snorlax and stuff like that. Which mm. is a, a shame because the game is actually like pretty cute in the sense of how uh, you see like the personalities of all these different Pokemon like showing up uh, right. in a way that you wouldn't usually, usually see in the main games or even like in some of the other um, a spin-off. And like we 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 saw a Marip like just sleeping with all like it's which is a kind of like a chip. A very fluffy chip. And it was like <laughs> sleeping with all its legs like dug into the the wool. And the sleep <laughs> pattern for that one was fluffy sleep and what that was adorable. 
<laughs> and you can recruit these Pokemon to help you because not only you have to sleep and make this Snorlax sleep so everyone uh, recovers their energy for the next day, um, you also have Pokemon helpers that help you feed the Snorlax. Like they collect berries and ingredients and you can make dishes to uh, help your Snorlax uh, grow nice and fat. And uh, it by it growing and how, being more powerful, it attracts even more Pokemon when you're asleep. So cool. that feedback look was kind of nice, but the thing is, it feels kind of like feeding your Snorlax and sleeping feels super disconnected. But still was, right. uh, it still is uh, a bit of fun. Uh, I may or may not be retiring this next week, depending on how it works for me. Like, the thing is, is I have ADHD, so having, like, that um, reward, like, kind of lingering over my head makes me sleep less. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, stressful. I, I, the other night I woke up, like, at 4 a.m., like, hey, I kind of want to know what's uh, on my camera right now, but I have to sleep a little bit more. But I couldn't go back to sleep because I was, like, like a little kid before Christmas. <laughs> so wait that's one way to choose myself in the foot but anyway so that is pokemon sleep <laughs> i have a question mm -hmm. uh would it work if you just snore all night and that's it because um, that would be my experience <laughs> i guess it does uh detect snore like you being asleep in a way <laughs> Yeah. Um, the other thing that, one thing that I haven't tried out, because uh, I don't usually uh, listen to the recordings, is that I'm a sleep talker. So oh, usually, cool. not only it detects it as I'm sleeping less because of my boyfriend playing like uh, Valorant in, on the side uh, until like 2, 3 p.m., 3 a.m., sorry. It also detects like I'm a light sleeper because I sleep talk. <laughs> so So it doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of confusing. So I usually have to um what I usually do is okay, I'm gonna go to sleep and when my boyfriend goes to sleep, I kinda like wake up because of all the stuff going around like the uh, lights turning on and off and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, so then I put on Pokemon Sleep, and then I go to sleep for real. <laughs> like, for the rest <laughs> of the night. So, yeah. That, that is Pokemon Sleep. Interesting. Like, I feel like if you are by yourself sleeping, it's it works as intended. Mm. Um, but uh, in my case, it hasn't been working well. So may I may or may not retire this next week, but I didn't want to have two retirements and sound too negative, so here we are. <laughs> Very good. The other game that I've been playing, and this just a little bit of it, is Bustafels, uh, which, mm. like I stated that in last week, I've been playing with my boyfriend, and... He's really big in it because uh, we actually have like this haste where uh, one of the characters like just fang, he's dead. 
I think he's dead. And right. uh, the conversation around that topic, uh, like from the characters themselves, was really funny, which I really, really appreciate in a game. Um, and also, I'm at that point in the story where, well, uh, everyone realized that Joda is probably like not crazy and she has like, She's somewhat trustworthy, so they give back her mobile phone, and immediately after that she realizes something has gone down on her place. So at the start of the story, like, her friends were trying to tag her into um, moving out of the apartment she was living in, because the, um, not only they were having, like, trouble, and they had to like remodel the thing because it seems like the structure wasn't like all that good. But also the place was not just not good, it was falling apart. So uh, <laughs> the, the, the apartment complex like fell, like just crumbled like a cookie. Oh, wow. And uh, she was like, okay, I have nowhere to go. And since, well, they still didn't fully trust her. It was like, hey, why don't you stay at the uh, at our place? Because we still need to keep an eye on you. And also you're out of a, a home. So you kind of like work out in that way. Um, and also uh, we meet Crow in that place, which is like the one character that was like well, the hacker that was a uh, um, like seeing like everything from the shadows, like watching everything from the shadows, and like um, giving them information uh, based on what he saw. Mm. He's a total goofball, like one hundred percent. And also one part that it still completely cracks me up is that he has what they call a respect jar. So you know how there are these sword jars, like hey, you saw yet put a quarter on it. So each time, since it is his house, and he uh, writes the rules, um, each time you uh, trash duck him, you have to put money in this respect jar, <laughs> which it is not working as intended, because instead of uh, the other four plus Toda not wanting to trash duck him, instead they... Uh, make a deposit in advance to be able to trash tag him uh, during the day, which is beautiful. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think we, I think I said, yeah, I talk about the group that we have right now. So we have the crooked lawyer Limbo, the um, uh, not traffic hunter, the I guess the quote unquote hunter, quote unquote assassin. Uh, Shoe, uh, the mortuary. Um, I forget his name. Oh my god, no, Mozu. And we also have Elvetica, which is not only named after a, a font, he's also a yeah. plastic surgeon and quite good at disguising himself, especially as a woman. And also, we have mm -hmm. the boss of the underworld, slash hacker, slash. Unemployed, 
clown um, <laughs> crow and our lovely protagonist, Toda. So I'm, I already know like where the story is going to go because I already played this. My boyfriend does not, though, so I'm very looking forward to what uh, what route he falls into because I'm making he I'm making him like do all the choices. Mm, yeah. Uh, and that's about it because I've only played like an extra hour of it, so I'm not gonna ramble anymore. <laughs> and cool. finally, we have the big one. Like, mm. I put in just a week over 30 hours into this game because I I couldn't just put it down. And that is Radiant Tail. So I talked a little bit about it last week, but I didn't have any idea what I was getting into. So in short, uh, the protagonist, uh, Tifalia, is just a normal girl going through her ordinary life and just uh, attending to the family business with uh, her standing uh, mom and her fluffy mascot or her fluffy pet one quote which is actually a five beast so he has a humanoid form but more on that later and the thing is is that she is uh, meets like this um dragon boy who is called Vilio and he's like hey we're looking for a place to sleep and we know you have rooms, so uh, can you help me please uh, look for the other four people in my in my group? And the descriptions for each of them is okay. Safra is a is a guy with a very sharp tongue. Pascalia kind of like looks like water, and Ian looks very looks very strong. And Genia, you'll know when you see him. That is the literal um, uh, descriptions of uh, that video gave to Tifali in that moment. But he wasn't wrong at all. So uh, the characters in this game are, again, uh, Sephora, who not only has a sharp tongue, he's actually, he, and he's the clown of the circus. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. also the an information broker, so he travels around the world, like uh, buying and sell- getting information and selling it to other people because reasons. Yep. Then you have Pascalia, who not only looks like water, he is actually a water spirit contractor. So in this world, you can make contact with spirits, and the stronger the spirit is, the the more your overall uh, body changes. So in this case, he's contracted with a water spirit, and like his hair literally looks like flowing water, um, which I nice. find that very cool because making that, um, first of all, making that artistic decision was crazy, but also the way they pull it off was amazing. <laughs> so Jeff kiss for that. And Ian. Uh, he is allegedly a security force, a former security force officer. And he's indeed a very strong man, and he usually has this stern look all the time, so people are scared of him. And you have Genia, and he's like a noble man that is very, very eccentric and 
in every sense of the word from appearance to personality. I'm around that later. Uh, so, um, the aim of this very um, misshaped uh, group, I guess, is mm. to go around uh, this land of Escolpia, Escolpia, yeah, and try to make these uh, circus shows and try to make people happy to make a special kind of flower bloom because this flower has um, very special capabilities and is a strong source of mana. They do this because the, the right. prince of the kingdom for 10 years has been like frozen in time and also he, not only his body hasn't grown an inch and changed at all, but his heart is kind of frozen. So he kind of like exists like a motionless doll. So uh, they're trying their best. They, they were actually assembled by the king himself uh, to make these flowers bloom and uh, try to make the, the, the prince like more human again. Why do they do this though? Okay, not only there's this <laughs> uh, thing going on, but in each major city, that each, are, um, each of the cities are um, bound to an element. So we have the um, a city of Earth, Calida, a city of the Wayne Cultura, city of water, and also city of love and arts, um, Odium, and Fetus, the city of fire. Each of them has a problem going on, and you kind of like go around trying to not completely solve them because there are like very big problem problems that you really can't solve them without like applying major force <laughs> or like doing something. But at the very least, they kind of want yeah. to like they are trying to generate like consciousness around this problem while also doing the show, while also blooming these flowers. Uh so and why are they doing this? Because there's um another similar flower to the one they're trying to bloom. There are like smaller flowers that just, when someone is happy, they bloom. And they mm -hmm. keep out uh, these creatures called fiends. And fiends not only feed off the negative energy of people, they can also possess them. And they've uh, caused trouble right. like in other mi minor cities to the point they're completely destroyed. Uh, so for each, uh, so for example, Kalida, uh, the city of Earth, is also the city that of research. So all the researchers were there to the point that they um, not only like um, ignored their well-being, like their own well-being, uh, they started right. to conduce like a very not good, not um, ethical experiments on the faith there uh, to the point they have to go out of the way to rescue the faith and they actually made a show out of uh, with the faith in tow uh, the second city Cultura uh, I think is the most fucked up okay the second most fucked up 
<laughs> because uh, for the last three years they've been um, they have this governor who is called Asentino that has ruled them with an iron fist and they even though they're known as the city of bonds uh, and the, almost like the this city where everyone uh, knows each other and like they they like being around other people but now they are on lockdown because of a, a chain of incidents that have been going around that has to do with things and and also mm-hmm. there's this thing called the um give me a second here i know i have the answer over here uh fuck it like pretty much people are committing crimes and they don't remember the lunatic riots yeah like something overtakes oh. them and they do bad stuff and then it's like hey what a, what what the hell happened then in the city of love orion uh they have this problem where uh people started ignoring the people around them and are just self-centered so right uh especially like the spirits like the water spirits are supposed to be the ones that really love humans and they do anything in their power to make them happy people don't usually are able to see uh spirits unless you're a contractor or a kid so in this case, like um, they were polluting the water, they were uh, putting like these huge showy confessions and like breaking up the next day because I don't know something happened. Um, that overall <laughs> like make this city like feel very shallow in a way, which is funny because it's centered around water, so yeah. shallow water. And yeah. then you have first the city of fire, where strength is the only thing that matters. If you're weak, if you lose in a like in a fight or just in a coin flip, you're the one in the wrong. So you have the, it is ruled <laughs> by either people that are very strong physically, or that has a lot of money that can contract those people to fight for them. Mm. And yeah, so they put up a show, try to solve, or like, try to bring consciousness to these issues on each of the four cities, and then go back to the capital and do one big last show. The story doesn't end there, though. That is just the common route of the <laughs> game, because on each of the character routes, you have an extra some extra oomph to to spice things up. And so each of the nice. main characters <laughs> are also related to one of the cities in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, for each character, like they kind of like go around solving things like more in depth into a city and like trying to see their, I guess they you explore their individual past. Uh, how the uh, who they really are, and also try to um, since each one is connected to one of these uh, places, you see more in depth how fucked up things are really are, and try to solve them. And then you have the the mm-hmm. I'm gonna call it the final road, but I think there's another like common road after this, but I'm not too sure, so don't quote me on that. And then you have Vilio's route, huh? uh, which kind of like joins everything together uh, because he's somewhat 
um and right not to spoil the thing but he's somewhat like tied to the <laughs> to the country itself like there's something uh, about him that uh has him going this have has him going into this mission and he needs to like do our uh, visit every place um Right. And right now I'm on chapter 10 out of 10 on his route, so I really am very close to finishing this game. And I have mm. to say, it has really blown me away because the only thing that I knew going in is that, hey, there's a circus, I think. Uh, and also, I knew that the writers for this game are the same for Code Realize, which is one of my other favorite automatic games. I was like, hey, way to go. I want to go see this one. But I wasn't yeah, awesome. really um, expecting it to hit so hard uh, in the way it did, especially two of the roads, which may or may not become relevant in a later topic in another episode, but more on that in another episode. Uh, but the main thing <laughs> is, is that I really love each and every route with each and command at all in when I play these games. So I'm pretty happy with this. And yeah. not only that, I am debating on whether or not just play the fan disc in Japanese because the fan disc or the sequel is coming out on Japan on the 31st. And I have a Japanese Nintendo account, so I could, in theory, buy the game. And I could use Google Translate to fumble my, <laughs> my way over the game because I really just want more. Like, um, this is one of those Ochome games that I feel like if you're even mildly um, interested in the genre, or if you're not like, a big my fan. You just play the ones that everyone says are good. This one is one of those. So yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, managed to not go out in a rant for like two or three hours, so I call that a success. So Josh, what have you been playing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great that it's turned out so well though, and yeah. Um, I have continued to play. Did I mention this last week? Warhammer End Times. Had I started it then? I can't remember. I think you did. I've been playing Warhammer End Times, Vermin Tide. Yeah, can't, I think you yeah. weren't playing this one. I'll because <laughs> uh, there's Vermin Tide. There's now Vermin Tide Two, uh, and I picked up them both in bundles somewhere. So uh, I decided, hey, I'll try the first one first. Um, and I like Warhammer stuff, so uh, yeah. And it's really good. It's basically a Left 4 Dead kind of clone, but it's Warhammer, so it's a four-person party uh, made up of co-op partners or mm -hmm. AI bots. Uh, I'm playing with bots because I'm playing solo, so there are some limitations with that. Um but it's first person, and depending on which character you choose, depends on kind of how your playstyle uh, occurs, I guess. Because there's like there's the dwarf who's got a big hammer, so he bashes things. There's like a elven rogue with an arrow, a bow and arrow kind of thing. There's a there's a sorceress who like casts flame spells and things. 
I've been playing as the Witch Hunter, who has a Zweihander big double-handed sword and some pistols. So, or actually now I've got a crossbow because I managed to upgrade it. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's basically a very level-based game. You basically start at one end of a level and you have to get to the end. And in between you and the end are a whole bunch of Skaven, who are the Warhammer uh, mm-hmm. rat enemies. So they're basically a whole bunch of different types of rats. There's regular rats that you go through. You literally go through like hundreds of them every level. Um, but then it's very Left 4 Dead style. If anyone has played Left 4 Dead or are familiar with that sort of gameplay, I haven't played Left 4 Dead, but I'm familiar with it. Um, so there's like these really, really big rats who hit really hard and take a lot of hits to kill. There's really, really quick rats who will jump on you and start stabbing you and kind of knock you out kind of thing. Uh, there's another one who like grab you and drag you away from all the action and basically take you away from the rest of the party until it gets killed and you release your friend who's been dragged away. Um, and I think those classes are very similar to other games like Left 4 Dead and that sort of thing. Um, and like, there's a rat who throws poison gas grenades at you. And if you shoot him, he explodes into a big poison gas cloud mm. that you need to avoid. Um, so yeah, it's very standard stuff for that kind of game. I think um, playing solo is comes with its challenges. You're basically, even though you've got some bots with you, you're basically playing on your own. Um, and all the important stuff you have to do on your own. So they're good as in they distract enemies every now and then, but you end up killing most of everyone. Like at the end of each level, you get like a tally of who got the most kills and who did the most damage. And and I'm the one who I top every single stat, no matter what, every single level, because the bots just can't keep up. Um, but that's okay. It's It's functional enough to play on your own but it's very much designed for a co-op experience. So I forgive it for that. But um, even as an old game, it kind of, it still looks really good because it's got this whole, uh, well, it's Warhammer end times. And as opposed to space Marines, for those who know Mm -hmm. that kind of Warhammer, like Warhammer 40 K Warhammer end times is way more uh, like Gothic kind of bloodborne kind of style architecture and, uh, like, yeah, old weapons like crossbows and swords and things as opposed to, you know, big guns and that kind of stuff. Um, and, you you know, you're not wearing, like, big power armor and things. You just, like, my dude has, a like, a pilgrim hat and a big long trench coat. And, yeah, it's very uh, it's a very different kind of scene than, say, Warhammer 40K. But it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of style. I'm looking forward to finishing it off. I uh, don't know if it'll be up there with the greatest games I've ever played, but I could definitely see it being really fun in co-op. So I'm hoping maybe I, when I get to Vermintide 2, because it's a bit newer, I might be able to coerce some people into playing it with <laughs> me, but otherwise I'll probably play it anyway. <laughs> and there's actually a newer one out, I think called Dark Tide, which is a 40K version of the same thing. Or Dark Dark Tides or you know, something like that. It came out this year, I think. Um but it's a 40k version of the same kind of four-player co-op system. 
Um, so I'd be keen to check that out as well. But yeah, that I've been playing that and it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, a good one to try, but not, not something I'd rush out and go for mm-hmm. if you don't already have it or you don't already have an interest in Warhammer. Um, but as we all know, there's a million Warhammer games out there anyway. So this is a good one. It's nice. not one of the crap ones. Uh, does this game play <laughs> a little bit like um, the tabletop Warhammer, like by turns or something like that? Oh, no, it's very, um, uh, it's basically a first-person shooter. So, and as you go through each level, you kind of fight your way through enemies, but then at certain periods of time, there'll mm-hmm. be waves of enemies. So it's basically get ready because you're about to have hundreds of them running at you. Um, it's more like a zombie survival game. Like That's why I think of Left 4 Dead. That um, was the one I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very much like a horde-based kind of thing. And with that in mind, there's one level which I just did the other day, which I had to repeat a few times, purely because I wasn't playing co-op. So there's there's one point in this one level where you basically have to defend mm-hmm. four points in a big room. So there's four. Uh, there's a wizard basically who's channeling a spell, and there's four totems or something that are part of that spell. Um, and because there's four of you, you're meant to defend each one from attackers, from rats who come in and attack you. But because the there's no there's no like a party control system, so in a lot of games where you end up with bots as your party, you can tell them like, "Oh, go over there, defend that area." attack that person, you know, that kind of stuff. There's none of that in this game. Um, I don't know if it's just the age or the style of game. So basically they all just hang around you. So of these four points, I tried defending them all initially, but it was just impossible because you're <laughs> constantly running between them. Um, and I had to look it up on YouTube and I realized, okay, you can lose three other points and you just have to save one of them. Um, so as a single player, I just kind of stayed on one and let the others die and... Yeah, just kind of defended that one point. So it's not ideal for a single player, but it's also it's it's kind of nice that you can play it single player because it is designed yeah. for co-op. So, you know, fair enough. Ups and downs. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect it to be a perfect single player experience, but um, it's a lot of fun though. Either way, it's it really feeds into that chopping through hundreds and hundreds of enemies, almost like Don- Dynasty Warrior style, but not to that extreme um yeah it's it's good times good times good times i've also been continuing to play Baldur's gate 3 in co-op with my friends as i talked about last week um i'm kind of getting a bit annoyed with it if i'm honest (laughs) so i think we're a bit we're about 25 hours in now or something and we were 10 or 12 last time i talked about it so i've spent twice as much time in the game now and there are so many glitches and bugs and things that go wrong that it kind of gets really annoying and as the three of us playing together we've kind of learned to constantly just save after we do everything just in case something messes up um because there's bugs down to like well i was playing once and when you hover over items and things it usually gives you like a tooltip to uh, explain Mm -hmm. what it is you're looking at and what it does and who can use it and that kind of thing. I didn't have any tooltips for some reason, so I had to restart the game. Uh, My friend who is hosting the game and playing, you know, is the host of the party, 
about three or four times now he's been unable to get to the menu of the game. Like if he presses escape or clicks on the little hamburger menu on the UI, he he just can't bring it up. Nothing happens. So he's had to restart the game to make it work again. Uh, there have been cutscenes which just kind of start and end within a second, and you can tell they're just cut off because nothing really happens. There are times when you're talking to an NPC and they'll just stop talking and look at you. And like two minutes will go by of them just looking at you and you don't have any options to exit or say anything or anything. And then the game will catch up and it'll just move on. <laughs> oh no. So it's very, very glitchy. Thankfully, nothing that has totally destroyed the game for us. So there's that. But at the same time, we're making sure we save a lot just in case. Um, something does happen yeah because yeah with that is with that kind of game it can take hours just to get back to where you you were two hours ago or something like you know it can be quite convoluted um but having said that i'm still enjoying myself because i'm hanging out with my friends so how can you not um and it also inspired me to uh i only just picked it up again today but it inspired me to pick up divinity original sin 2 again which I had retired a long time ago um, because I just wanted the same experience, but single player. <laughs> like I talked about last week with Baldur's Gate, how you miss out on some conversations and that kind of thing. And bits of the story can easily be missed because, you know, my friend will go off and chase that while I don't even know he's doing it. Um, and we're actually playing today before recording this po uh, podcast. And um, yeah, there was a whole story section that I missed just because I didn't realize that they were talking to someone and you know no one told me either so yeah it's kind of fun like that but hey that's fine with that kind of friends I mean with that kind of party do you need enemies well the other thing that really frustrated me today actually and I was considering changing my class because one thing you can do in the game is re-roll your entire character at any time you just have to play, pay like a hundred gold, I think, and there's an NPC who will. You can just respec your entire class. I think you can even change your race and every like you can just remake your character. And I'm playing a fighter, so I'm very much mm -hmm. big sword melee, big, you know, big hits kind of character, uh, and useless at range. While my friends are playing a cleric and a druid, who are pretty much all ranged and have big AOE spells and stuff that basically shut me out. Like we had a fight today against a big horde of goblins and I was just hitting end turn every turn because there was nothing I could do because essentially uh, the druid had cast a AOE, uh, th I forget what it's called, but it's basically it makes thorns grow out of the ground. Uh, and So you couldn't get to the enemies, right? So it blocked the entrance to get to them. And as the enemies ran across the thorns, they died because they weren't that healthy anyway. Um, so, you know, it was cool. We were winning. But as far as giving me something to do, I'm like, I'm just standing on the other side behind a wall so no one shoots me and just hitting in turn because there's nothing I can do to help out really. And so I was just thinking to myself, man, this is, this is stupid. But <laughs> I don't, that's, as much the game's fault as it is my fault for uh, the way our party's made up kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. it's 
but I was thinking maybe I should respec and, you know, <laughs> change my class and do something that's not quite so melee focused. Yeah. But then the next fight we got into, I was right up in everyone's face and I killed like everybody because they rushed me and I was surrounded by dudes, which is like where my character shines. Um, and yeah, I was just like cleaving them and knocking them out. And I, yeah. So it depends on circumstances really. But um, at the end of the day, as I said last week, with playing co-op, it's very much uh, exp- think of it as having fun with your friends instead of experiencing everything the game has to offer because you're going to miss stuff no matter what. And yeah. it'll be a different experience to playing it solo. Like if you want to see everything, read everything, hear every conversation, romance every option, all that kind of stuff, then play it solo because you'll be able to control everything and, and anything. Um, so, yeah, it's still fun, though, and I look forward to uh, getting further in the game and continuing to level up and all that kind of thing because it's at the end of the day, it's still D&D, so D&D is fun. <laughs> that, you said romance every option? Like, ah, yeah, I remember seeing like on Twitter uh, that everyone in the other community was like head of heels a certain character but that certain character seems to be reacting everyone or something like that <laughs> yeah so there are NPCs that you meet along your journey who become optional party members mm-hmm. uh, so if you're playing solo you'd end up with three of them in your party to fill out the rest of your party but um because there's three of us already we have one of them at a time mm-hmm. to make up the four. But all the rest go back to your camp and basically just hang out there uh, waiting for whatever. And they each have their own personal quest interests and quest lines and that kind of thing. Um, and depending on how much time you spend with each one and how much you do things that they approve of because they disapprove of certain actions and that kind of thing, uh, they will like you and or dislike you. And <laughs> you have the option to essentially, yeah, pursue romance options with each one if you so choose to do so. That explains why I joined Twitter was like all over Baldur's Gate, even though it is not usually their cup of tea. Yeah. And there's some interesting characters too. Like I, re- I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played, but getting to know the characters who join your camp is actually quite fun because they're, they're, all, they're all different classes and they're all different races and they've all got different stories. And some of them are quite uh, amusing and interesting, while others are, you know, a bit different. But they're definitely worth kind of talking to and getting to know. So it's definitely a fun part of the game. Uh, But yeah, we'll see how that goes. We're kind of up to, I think in the story, we're up to a, a relatively important part where we're about to kind of maybe transition onto the next act or something. I'm not sure, but I feel like something big is about to happen. So... We'll see. It's still lots of fun, though. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, other than that, I started playing Halo 2, like I mentioned. Um, Again, it's the Master Chief Collection version of the game. I'm only probably like an hour or so into it, and already it's better than the first one, so I'm excited about that because they've updated a few of the mechanics and systems a bit to basically just make life better. Um, And it feels a bit more quote-unquote modern as in the speed and the the flow of the game and that kind of thing you can you actually run like do you have to 
is pizza settings? I don't. I don't know. I can't remember. I'd have to try it. But <laughs> <laughs> they've been. Pl- Trust me. When I was playing the first one, the amount of times I was holding, I was hitting shift to try and run quickly, and it just did nothing. I was like, oh, that's right. I remember now. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pay attention to that next time I play Halo Two though, because I'm not sure if they've added it or not. But um, yeah, it's it's still Halo though. So I don't know. I've only just started it, so I don't really have much to say about it. But I do have something to say about the final game I have been playing, which again I had just started playing was It Takes Two, which I think a lot of people probably heard of because it's a co-op game that won lots of awards, I think, last year or the year before, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it was very popular. Like, uh, everyone on the podcast, on the prior podcast, played it with their either with a friend or a significant other. And I can yeah. say it's a really, really good game, and I love it for that. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> oh no here comes the contrarian so I, sta- I, I started playing this with my sister uh because she recently got into gaming just in general um and so we've been looking for games we can play together and you know that are easy enough for her to get into and i, and I say that nicely because she's just never played games before and has only just recently got into it in the last six months so she's still at that very beginner uh, level where she's still getting used to the controller and, you know, she still needs a tutorial for every game because she, she doesn't assume things that the rest of us assume. It's actually really interesting seeing how she's getting along with certain games because uh, some of the barriers that she comes up against are things that we just take for granted. And, you know, like I know in every game that on a keyboard space is probably jump X on a on a, PS, a DS4 or DS5 is probably jump a on Xbox controllers probably jump. I don't know Nintendo because that's a blind spot for me. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, those sorts of things where you just have those expectations or even stuff like um, she's been playing a couple of games on story mode. So it's basically you can't die. You just kind of cruise through the story. Um, and one of the games that she's really gotten into was Horizon Zero Dawn. And um, so she's played the first one. She played Zero Dawn and now she's been playing Forbidden West. And um, one of the things in that game, which I was hanging out with her a few weeks ago and she was trying to get through some level but kept getting lost and everything. And I said to her, I'll just follow the lights. That's probably the right way to go. <laughs> and she's like, what? what are you talking about? That's, that's silly. I'm like, no, no, trust me, just follow the lights. So she did and sure enough, that was how she, the way she had to go, like the lit up area of the map was the part she had to aim for Mm. and I was thinking yeah that's something that I'm used to as a gamer like often developers will highlight something quite literally to show you this is where you need to go yeah but unless you actually get explicitly told that like my sister didn't know that that was part of the language kind of thing um so yeah anyway yeah, or like how uh, my boyfriend was playing, I think, Dark Souls 3 at some point. Yeah. And he said, hey, this looks like the right, like the correct path to take. But there's another path, so I'm probably going to go try to find whatever collectible is there. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah. So t- to bring to come back to It Takes Two, though, um. 
it's the kind of game which, to its credit, we've been able to play very well together. And she she doesn't feel like she's useless or anything as a new kind of casual beginner gamer against me, who's just way more experienced and you know can can figure things out a lot quicker and that sort of stuff because I understand just the common language that games use. Um, however, the story is what basically was the sticking point for both of us because <laughs> we don't really like the main characters at all. Like the parents that you're playing. And I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not, but I'm guessing it's not. Um, Cause they're just kind of assholes really. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> uh, you, you are totally right. Like at the very start of the game, and there was a point where I was thinking, not only they are assholes, we're playing the bad guy here. Like yeah. the way they acted, like or the way they thought, well, makes and, you feel bad. And maybe I'm just an old man as well, but I think yeah, no wonder you're because spoiler warning as well. This is relatively new, so fair enough if you don't want to hear anything about it, skip ahead. But I'm just going to mention the very premise of the game, so that's it. Um, but basically you play as these parents who are going to get divorced and the story basically brings them together and makes them, you know, I don't know, I haven't finished it, but basically makes them get, get along together and have to work together, um, to get out of their predicament. Mm -hmm. So fair enough. They're these two adults who aren't getting along very well. They're getting divorced anyway, so they've got issues, but the way they talk to each other and... <laughs> The, yeah. way, the way they treat other characters in the game and all this sort of stuff. My sister and I both, like, there were many times we just kind of looked at each other and went, man, what a bunch of jerks. Like, just these I people are they just don't like each other. bad people. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just assholes to each other. They shoot each other down all the time. They, you know, and, and I get that that's part of the storytelling. Like, they're doing that less and less. Like, we've got far enough in that they've complimented each other now for the first time and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So fair enough. That's part of the stereo storytelling, but um, yeah, there's just, there are some things which I don't want to talk about because it is big, big spoiler, but um, there are just moments where you're like, they're really hypocritical as well. Like they're manipulative and they use other characters for their own benefit and then just kind of toss them aside. Cause I don't give a fuck about you anymore. And it's just really, jarring in a way but yeah other than that it is a fun co-op game we are enjoying ourselves <laughs> um, and it's very creative and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing where it will go uh we, we've played about three and a half hours i think um so i know there's still a fair bit left to go so maybe we'll yeah. end up liking them in the end if they come good i don't know but uh yeah. I think I was leaning more towards uh, liking what one of the characters more than the other. Yeah. Uh but yeah, they uh, they weren't my favorite at first. I didn't hate them, but they were like, hey, these are like Yeah, they are jerks. Yeah. Like, I'm just like these are these are trash people. No wonder they're having a bad time. Like <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It, it is a fun game. I'm, I'm not sure I understand all the awards yet, but I appreciate that, you know, something might happen later on. That, yeah. That, I do know. like the talking book. I, I forget the name of the book, but... Yeah. 
it is fun. Whenever uh, the book comes around, it, it, it is just fun times. Yeah, yeah. It's good, silly kind of, yeah, comic relief. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's uh, – I am i don't know when we'll get to play it again because, like I said, I'm playing it with my sister. So whenever we have time and can catch up and play some more, we will, but that could be a while. Um, mm. So, yeah, but uh, it's, it's one of those games that, I mean, you have to play it co-op, so I'm glad that I get to play it anyway with someone. Um, and I'm, yeah – Interested to see where it goes, and hopefully it will uh, come good. But we'll have to see. Time will tell. And with that, why don't we roll along to our uh, discussion topic, that is a spoiler tile. Mm -hmm. So as we said previously on the uh, intro of this episode, we're talking about spoilers. Not like spoilers, spoilers, but this the act of, of being... Uh, spoiling the story slash gameplay or whatever of the game. Mm. So, uh, what are our limits when hearing uh, about games as a player? Like, when do we consider something a spoiler, or how willing are you are we to listen to those spoilers? Yeah, and this is something as well that uh, we'd like to hear everyone else's opinion on as well. So please comment wherever you wish to let us know what you're thinking as well. Because, yeah, I find that everyone has different ideas about what is a spoiler and what isn't a spoiler um, or what matters to them and what doesn't. Because for me, I try to be as blind as possible when I go into a game. Like, I want to know enough to get me interested and then I don't want to know anything else. Um, and that could be something as simple as it's, a, it's made by a studio that I like. Cool, I'll check it out and I don't want to know anything else. Or it's a sequel to a game that I like. Cool, I don't want to know anything else. <laughs> um, but oftentimes with newer stuff, it'll be seeing a trailer or a bit of footage or something to just see what it looks like and how it plays. And then once I've had that much information, that's enough for me. I don't want to know what the story's about. I don't want to know what abilities you get later or anything like that. I just want to jump in and find out for myself. But uh, I think, Paul, you're kind of similar, but what, what do you reckon? Yeah, and uh, in that sense, I've jumped into a game, uh, especially like on Otome games. I literally, the second Otome game that I jumped into that was called Realize, I played it only knowing the title of it and seeing the cover, and it was like, hey, um, I remember playing this other Otome game a, back, uh, a while back ago, which Amnesia Memories is like the first one I've ever played. So now that I have a Vita, why not give it a try? Or like yeah. with Jimmy Gami Tensei 4, uh, which is a um, turn-based RPG uh, by Atlas. I literally just saw the cover art, uh, said, hey, I never hear about this, but there's something about the cover art that calls me. I didn't know anything about the game, and yet I just wanted to play it. So yeah. I'm a, bit, a little bit extreme in some cases. Like uh, when they announced like the sequel for Breath of the Wild, I knew, I knew for a fact that I wanted to play that. I still watch the trailers because the trailers, because the... I still wanted to know a little bit more before uh, jumping into the game. Mm. 
but in some cases, I'm like, okay, it is a tactical game from a series I like. Uh, that's enough for me to get the game and give it a try. Or, hey, there is something interesting in Game Pass. Since I pay Game Pass every, anyways, I can just sample a game with, like, knowing absolutely nothing and not having to suffer the consequences of my actions later. Uh, mainly money. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I'm more cautious, I guess. And now that... I'm older because I play like so many games that uh, at some point you start like getting either you've been burned too many times in the sense of uh, oh my god your camera just did something weird <laughs> I just glitched out a lot in case for, for listeners yeah <laughs> it doesn't help that you have like a very sci-fi kind of like a background so it's like I don't know cyberpunk took a hold of you or something like that <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, that's the, the thing I like to do. I like to go like with as little information that I, as I can, sometimes completely fucking blind, which is usually how I go around with, some uh, with, uh, automated games because mm. I already know, like, I like the structure of it. I just want to see how they're going to twist the... The, the story or like the characters or whatever and next time uh, well, i think i think story comes into that a lot as well doesn't it because for me i don't i don't mind so much knowing about mechanics or mm-hmm. you know this is the biggest open world game ever made or something like, i don't mind about that so much but knowing the story and not being able to discover that for myself i always find is a bit of a bummer if if yeah. i find out something that is key to the whole thing. Like I remember I was listening to a podcast uh, not long after Horizon Zero Dawn came out and someone spoiled like a big part of that game for me. And it was probably the only time I've literally like grabbed my headphones and just thrown them on my desk. <laughs> so I didn't have to hear anything else. Um, and I was really annoyed cause they didn't even mention it or anything. They just kind of blurted this thing out. And I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> fair enough. I know the feeling. Like, but that kind of goes into yeah. what what we were going to talk about as well, like of um, the other side to that, where we're obviously trying to talk about games on this podcast. So it's very hard not to say something about the games we've been playing and talk about things that perhaps I myself would even think of as spoilers because I don't want to know anything. Um but yeah, we've got to try and think about kind of balancing that out as well, and which is kind of hard to do. Yeah, when you know the other person has played the game or is playing the game, like trying to it for in your case, it takes two. So trying to uh, poke around to see like what the other person is doing, but the other person not wanting to give any spoilers themselves is like for trying to yeah. play this game of. I don't know, mime or anything or something like that. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, like, uh, you can see how excited I'm about a game. It was because the, the more spoilers I give, the more likely the, is that I think that you're not going to play the game. In that case was Branding <laughs> Paradox, where I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, going to, I'm just going to talk about the game. 
mainly because uh, there are a lot of people that don't want to play the game because of certain topics on the game or because it, it isn't like the creme of, of La Creme in Atomic Games. Mm. Yeah. And it has sold a lot less than other Atomic Games. So it's like, you know what? If Maybe if I talk about the plot a little bit, a much bit, um, people are going to get interested in it or like at the very least it's going to be like, hey, that is actually cool or like that actually sucks. So the more information out there is better. On the other hand, uh, it was, it is very, very difficult for me to not talk about Ray Intel because I want to gush about all the day, every day about of how good it is. But because I know a lot more people are going to play it because it is more popular in my niche. I don't want to spoil it. Like, yeah. like I really don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but still want to talk about the game because listeners want to have something about, like something to listen to. So it's very difficult. Well, and with that as well, like that's where I think the definition of kind of saying, at least for me, like I want to know enough to get me interested. That can mean very little or it can mean quite a lot. Yeah. Because hearing you talk about these Automat games and stuff, I'm way more interested than I, than I am not hearing you talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even if you do tell me more about the story and characters and that sort of thing, because it's not a genre that I dive into a lot, hearing you talk about them and get excited about the stories and that sort of thing really does actually get me more interested. So in that way, it's a good thing because otherwise I probably wouldn't even think about it. Um, yeah. You hear it here first, folks. Uh, the Ochome evangelization is actually working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week, Josh has been playing Radiant Toe. <laughs> okay, no, but it, it would actually be funny or like interesting to say the least. <laughs> Maybe one day. Uh, I think I've played I've played some before. Like I've played um uh I can't remember, but I know I've definitely played some before. Uh, I don't know if they're any good or not, but yeah. That's beside the point. Um But I think one of the things that that because part of the reason we wanted to talk about spoilers anyway between us was we were talking about uh how much do we talk about on the podcast anyway? Because obviously we want to be respectful to anyone listening and not spoil things for them. But at the same time, we're talking about games, so it's kind of hard to avoid not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so every t- whenever we do talk about games, I think I can speak for Paula as well, saying that we try not to spoil things or not to spoil anything too big or meaningful. <laughs> try to stick to the basic stuff that you could probably find anywhere online or in a trailer or something like that. Um but there's always probably going to be something. It's kind of like I don't really look at the Game Journeys channel on the Helen to Beat Discord. Not because I don't want to talk about games with everyone on there, but there have been occasions where I look on there and someone's talking about a game and it's just, it's nothing spoilery. It's just something that's more information than I wanted to hear. Yeah. So I just kind of avoid that channel because, you know, in, just in case something pops up and I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd found that out for myself, you know. Um, Definitely, like uh, that's another reason why I, I'm like very fucking big when I'm 
posting like on my blog uh, on the Hello Little Bit podcast. I mean the Hello Little Bit website mm. um, because I the the point of the blog is to say, hey, I completed a nice game, or like, or some, or like, oh my god, my uh, backlog is growing, or whatever. And it's not yeah. like the games aren't like the whole point of it. It's like the journey of completing the games. But I know a lot of people like to make like very big reviews of them, sometimes with spoilers. So I try to keep away from them, even though I really want to see what the others are doing. <laughs> well, I think it comes, it even comes down to like um, watching YouTube or Twitch um, games. I, you know, have a bunch of channels I'm subscribed to on YouTube and a bunch of people I follow on Twitch and that sort of thing. But if they're playing a game that I haven't played that I know I want to play, I won't watch them because I don't want to see it. So most of the time I end up watching people who are playing stuff that either I'm never going to play, mm -hmm. so I don't mind if it's spoiled, or I've already played, so I know what's happening anyway. And because a lot of Twitch streamers especially always play like the newest, hottest thing, it's kind of annoying because it's like, well, I'm not going to watch you ever then, even though I like you. But you're always playing the newest thing, and I don't, I don't want to see the whole game before I've been able to play it. So, uh, no thanks. Um, I'll watch someone else who's playing some old retro game or something, you know? Um, uh, like, in my case, I watch a streamer that he works for Axis Games. So he streams, like, on their channel, like, a little bit of the latest automatic game they're releasing. But then he goes into his nice. own channel and finish streaming the thing and uh, at that so i usually don't watch the access stream because i always get the game like two weeks after because thank you amazon but i mean thank you amazon because <laughs> they give me the chance to play the game and have it physical but also thank you amazon because uh, uh, i don't have like a uh, first uh, i mean one day shipping or uh, on this side of the yeah. world i have to wait for two weeks so I, I yeah, it's usually, pretty much the same here. Yeah, so I usually <laughs> don't uh, watch the Axis game streams because uh, it's the newest game and I don't even have it in my hands. But whenever Sammy Fish starts streaming it onto his channel, I at that point I just I don't know I just finished one route and that's enough for me to mm. start watching him from the beginning and then jump into his channel and see the rest of the game. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think uh, story-heavy stuff as well is, as I talk about it now, I'm, I think that's the key difference for me because there's a, a development company called Introversion Software, who's just an indie game developer. They made a game called Prison Architect, which went uh, really well. Yeah, I, I got it, I got it. And they've, they've made um, Multi-Winnier and Darwinier back in the day. They made my, my favorite multiplayer game ever, which is called Defcon. Um, but they do a very open kind of development schedule and for prison architects, they crowdfunded it, I think, because I backed them as well on Kickstarter and then all throughout the development, they, every month they basically posted videos on YouTube showing what they'd made and how they were going and that kind of thing. But their games are very systems and mechanics heavy and basically don't have a story. Like Prison Architects is a very much a sandbox 
game where you make your own story and it doesn't matter how much you know, it, that kind of helps because you understand the systems and you know how the game works. Um, but you don't have anything spoiled as far as what's going to happen because your experience is going to be different to anyone else's kind of thing. Um, so in that sense, I, I watched all the development videos for them and because I was a backer, I had an early copy of it as well. So, you know, you got an, you got access to it from the very first alpha and um, yeah, so it developed along a couple few years or so uh, and they kept adding a lot to it. So, and that was one that I basically was spoiled on everything the whole time, but it didn't bother me because it was all just had nothing to do with any kind of story. It was all just, hey, this is the the thing we added this week. Uh, like now there's kitchens and you've got to hire chefs or whatever. Yeah. Or, <laughs> and this is how it works. <laughs> For example, like uh, how about early access games? Like when you have the access to probably like the mechanics or the early story, but you don't have access yeah. to like the whole story or like every single thing. Like uh, in my case, I had... Slime Rancher from Early Access. I played yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of it on Early Access, but then you get to see the differences when it's not no longer Early Access. But at the same time, I kind of wish I didn't play the Early Access because mm. it feels the game feels both old and new in a way, and it is kind of weird. Yeah, I Early Access games for me are weird as well because. If I kind of finish it or quote unquote finish it or do everything I can do before it gets to its full release, I kind of stop playing and I don't pick it up again. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Subnautica is a good one for that. That's why I've never finished Subnautica because I started playing it when it was in early access and to the point where like the uh, collectibles in the game were just gray boxes in the game. Like they hadn't even been modeled or anything. Um, so you're just kind of swimming around picking up a grey box and it says, oh, you just got some technology and then you go pick up another grey box and it says you got some different technology. Well, so that's early, um, early access. Yeah, yeah. It was still fun though, and it was still cool. But um, And most of the systems and the story and everything were in there. But I kind of got as far as I could in early access and you know, we were waiting for the rest to be obviously finished which is fine because that's early access but um then i took ages to pick it up again and to decide that actually i don't want to go back in and finish it because it's a really good game uh but yeah it was kind of it's kind of a difficult one to get back into because i feel like i've already kind of finished it even though i definitely haven't but because i did as much as i could at the time it's like well there's nothing more for me to do so i'm done i'm gonna go play something else now um, so it's kind of a weird thing, early access as well, because yeah, it's kind of strange to be playing something as it gets developed. But that's probably a conversation for a whole nother time, anyway. But yeah, we we should make uh, <laughs> an episode on early access. Now that now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> you would say this is the early access to that episode. Okay, no, I'm gonna chat up right now. Ah, <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think as far as spoilers go, like I guess part of part of us discussing this as well is to kind of let listeners know that we'll always try not to spoil things if we can help it, or at least at the very at the very least uh, highlight it and say, "Hey, I'm going to mention some spoilers here." 
before we uh, talk about something. Um, because yeah, I know for me it's a it's something that kind of puts me off. Like like I say, this this podcast I was listening to where they spoiled Horizon Zero Dawn for me, I stopped listening to the podcast because they talked about new games all the time, and I'm like, I don't want to not be told that you're going to spoil something and hear something else and then get disappointed again. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to listen to this anymore because it's too risky. It's kind of like at least uh, hanging out with one of my friends, which, by the way, I watch a lot of anime and this friend watched a lot more anime than I do. And somehow (laughs) in one breath, she manages to spoil like three different series like in one single breath and it's like hey can you can you turn it down i haven't watched either of those series and he, and she's like but they're like super old series or very popular series i don't care i haven't watched them yeah well and i'm the same with like movies or tv shows or anything like that like i love nothing more than watching a movie without knowing anything about it and finding out then and there whether i like it or not and you know sometimes that means you end up watching some crap movies <laughs> but that's kind of half the fun anyway so yeah that's part of the fun i guess yeah <laughs> and it's gonna it's like uh playing russian roulette <laughs> pretty much but not as consequential maybe um <laughs> yeah i i guess yeah but but you mentioned before like something like game pass like that's a really good reason to play something blind, I think, because, yeah, if you get a, get a game for free, there's really no downtime except your time. Um, or no, no downside, I should say, except spending your time on it. And with that in mind, I, there's one game that I did play, which was a free one on Steam, and I don't want to name it because I'm going to be very rude to it. But it's just a little indie game that someone made and good on them for making it, but I was angry after playing it for about an hour and really felt like my time had been wasted even though it was a free game and it was the first time I've ever really been angry about playing a free game because the mechanics were just so annoying and the platforming was annoying and it was just really, really bad and it looked all right in a trailer. But yeah, I was actively annoyed that it had wasted my time to even play it, even though I didn't buy it. So (laughs) that can happen on rare occasions. And maybe if I'd known more about it at the time, I wouldn't have bothered. So, yeah, uh, going to Spider Free is like a double edged sword. You either get the best game ever, you get, or you get uh, the crap. Yeah, you're and then you the get dice. angry because you didn't know anything and you played yeah. crap. <laughs> but it is like some of my favorite um, gaming experiences have been games that I don't really know anything about and have discovered all about along the way and kind of everything is just getting better and better until you get right to the end and you're like, wow, that was amazing. So, yeah. And one last question, how hard is to avoid spiders for you? Like just in general, like I find it quite easy because I don't, I'm not big on social media. Um, (laughs) I know that's probably where I'd see most spoilers. Like I used to use Twitter like five years ago or something, but I stopped using it about five years ago because it's just a cesspool of crap. And (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, I don't really look at Facebook ever. 
I don't look at, I don't even have a TikTok account or anything like that. I don't look at, um, like I say, I don't watch videos of stuff that are for games that I haven't played or don't want to play. Um, the one, the closest I get is there's this YouTube channel called Game Ranks. I don't know if anyone's seen mm-hmm. them, but they do like a top 10 every day of the week. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes they're quite amusing. So I, I, I watch them every now and then. But I also check to see, depending on the top 10 list they're doing, like sometimes there'll be the top 10 list will be like top 10 biggest twists in games, which obviously sounds very spoilery. Yeah. But thankfully, they list the games that they're going to talk about in the comment uh, on in the description of the video. So I quickly look at that and go, okay, I don't want to hear about that one or that one or that one. And I just kind of skip them as I go, which, you know, I appreciate they've given me the option to do that. Otherwise, I wouldn't watch any of their videos. So I think being upfront about it is is a good way to avoid it. But I don't know. How, how about you? How do you avoid spoilers yourself? For some reason, it is very easy for me. And also, it helps that for most of my life, I've been living under a rock, according <laughs> to various sources, aka my friends, family, and boyfriend. Uh, so... For example, when they were talking about something about Final Fantasy VII on the, uh, I think it was the last episode of the podcast. So yeah. they told me about, like, they said, hey, can you not know, uh, how can you not know about this? Like, and it seems like whatever, uh, or like the, the big thing on, on the game. And I'm like, that doesn't ring a bell at all. I have, n- <laughs> I know nothing. So I, See, I think remain... I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I haven't played the game. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about it. Like, for some reason, I've managed to touch every single spoiler for for every single older game that I'm yet to play. So whenever something happens, it's like, hey, this is a big surprise. And someone just bunks me over the head and said, <laughs> hey. This is like common knowledge. How can you just not know it? <laughs> and I don't know. It just doesn't reach my ears for some reason. And in the other end of the spectrum, like I, I play a lot of Atomic games. I'm on the Atomic community on Twitter. But they are very nice people. So most of the people, whenever they discuss something, they either big a huge spoiler warning before it. Or uh, whenever they post uh, CGs that are like the still images uh, for the game that are like pretty and you usually don't want to see them because they're like uh, very intertwined with the story, they just mark them as mature content so it will be blurred and they just put a spoiler warning. See, that's an interesting one because like on, you know, on Steam, how you can see your friend's activity? Yeah. And if they post screenshots and stuff, it'll come up there. Mm-hmm. Like, I found out that you can actually turn that off because I got annoyed about people posting screenshots that I didn't want to see. Ooh, that's <laughs> and so I went into the settings and you can, like, say, no, don't show me screenshots, don't show me reviews, you know, don't show me uh, certain things that you don't want to see you can't, and or even <laughs> trophies, that kind of stuff, because that can spoil things, um, like achievements. Um so yeah, I, screenshots are one of those things. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see it because that'll spoil something for me. Nice. 
<laughs> it's 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 nice that we have either the tools or like the community that avoids spoiling us. Yeah, and I think like you say with your the automate community, like if you signpost something well enough that it is a spoiler, and hey, if you're not into that, don't read it. I, th- I think that's pretty much the bare minimum you could that everyone should be trying to, uh, you know, keep up. Just yeah, as a way it's like to not, basic um, human decency at this point. <laughs> yeah, and see, my talking about my sister again, just because I was thinking about it, um, playing it takes two, but she's be, she really likes um, certain TV shows and that kind of thing. Like she's right into it and knows all the actors' names and knows when the next thing's coming out and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, it goes over my head. I don't pay that much attention. But um, so when a new season of something starts, if she can't watch it immediately, she'll literally not even go on the internet because apparently Ooh, people with TV shows, is <laughs> pretty much, yeah, because um, apparently people are terrible with TV shows and as soon as the episode's out, they'll talk about everything in the episode publicly and not even spoiler tag or anything. So she's just, yeah, totally disconnects until she's seen what she wants to see and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then goes from there. So thankfully I think it's it's more a common thing in, in gaming that we're used to spoiler tagging stuff and... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, we we can pretty much get away with it most of the time. And that's why I like things like um you guys did on last season where you do like spoiler casts and stuff where it's right up front that, hey, we're going to talk about this game, we're going to talk about everything about it, and we're going to talk about all the spoilers and all the secrets and everything. So just don't listen if you don't want to. Yeah, we should uh, go back into those whenever we uh, coincide on some games. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Yeah, I, at the very least, that's everything I have to say about spoilers. Anything you want to add, Josh? No, I just want to reiterate that, you know, for the community who are listening to this, like, we, we try to be as spoiler-free as possible and we'll tell you if there's anything that could be a spoiler. So I hope that, you know, at the end of the day, you can trust us not to ruin your day um, <laughs> or do what, like, like, my experience where I'm like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. Um, so, but please t- give us feedback and tell us if you... If, if there's anything you want to uh, add or um, if you actually don't really care, that's interesting too. Um, so, yeah. Why don't we roll along to uh, guess the game with, where the aim of the game is to guess the game based on the community notes. Uh, <laughs> I, I swear, we are going to uh, come up with a decent name for this uh, to make it more funny. But for the time being... I've chosen a game for uh, Josh to pick out of his completed list. Um, First of all, I'm going to start with reading a completion note from uh, the main story, one from main plus, and finally from the completion. Uh, And we'll probably sprinkle some more uh, some more uh, hints here and there to throw us up on, but I'll make it more interesting. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling very confident, so... <laughs> okay, I pick some, like, one that you'll probably... I have faith in you. You'll probably guess this one, okay. like, very quick. 
Or let the very least, like, you'll, you'll get two points out of this one. Alright. Uh, so. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go with this one because the other ones are way too spoilery. Uh, met three people. Amazing looking game. One more time. Met three people. Amazing looking game. Met three people? That sounds like it should tell me something. <laughs> like you're trying to meet people. <laughs> met three people. I mean, for some reason I'm thinking of Babdi that we talked about the other week. Of what? Babdi. B-A-B-B-D-I. No. You know that weird game where you meet, there's people you meet in it? That's, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That is um, not the one. Yeah, I'm struggling with that. Actually, I'm going to try to look for your times and notes and notes and stuff like that. Because I lost them. <laughs> and that might serve as a second clue for this one. Yeah, uh, just games where you meet people. I'm... Okay. Yeah. I'm Big gonna give you a clue, <laughs> like a second clue for the, uh, this tier. Um, you don't have a main plus for this, I mean, a main time for this, but it seems that right. it took you six hours and 43 minutes to beat it, like to complete it. Six hours, okay. So it's either a smaller game or like a DLC or something, maybe. Six hours is interesting as well because there's, I don't think there's heaps that fall into that kind of range for me. Like most of them are either much shorter, like below three hours or much longer. And because you took like three times more than most to like before you said, hey, this is good enough for me. Really? That's interesting. So I'm usually quicker as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you did like some reruns or whatever, but let me. Met three people. Yeah, I'm gonna need that other comment, the, the next one. Yeah, let me I'm nowhere. find the comment because I managed to lose it. <laughs> I feel like there's a, a remnant of something forming in my head, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Okay, the second clue is collected most blank fragments. <laughs> oh damn, fragments. It's not something like a... It's not like a, one of the Life is Strangers or something, is it? Something no. Like no, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm still stuck on the Met 3 people thing. Like, so you can meet more or you could meet less, perhaps, hmm. and still finish the game. Um, this is a game, actually, that we both have played. Uh, and you collect something fragments. It could be 
No, but that's not really meeting people, is it? Like, I was thinking maybe like something like Fez, where you collect fragments of your upgrades, but not so much. You do meet people, but it's not something you'd mention. Um, maybe I should give you the, the, the word that is in the blank space, because... I mean, I don't feel like I'm being very smart right now, so <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> uh, collected most fluff fragments. Fluff, did you fluff. say? Fluff. Like piece of cloth. Cloth fragments? Yeah. Ah. Cloth fragments. Not something like, um, Kato? No. No? Okay. Um, oh man, that is ringing a bell. Cloth fragments. I feel like my brain is going to explode if I try and think any harder. <laughs> this is also a rare PS4 game for you. I mean... PS4 game? Yeah, you play oh. it on PS4. It's not bound, is it? No. No, okay. <laughs> the cloth thing is, yeah. <laughs> um, cloth fragments. Where do you find cloth fragments? Oh, not, um, oh, is it Bloody Journey? Yes. It is Journey. Uh, <laughs> as soon as it popped into my head, I'm like, oh, of course. And you do meet people, and that is a thing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to look for another clue to give you, but you got it. Now, PS4 helped there, because, yeah, that limits things quite a bit for me. Um, yeah, no, what a good game. Journey, loved it. Fantastic game. And I have played it a lot, so my time is probably reflective of that, because I ended up 100%ing um, it, I think, and if you find everything and find all the uh, shrines and everything like that, you unlock a special white outfit that uh, always has the longest scarf, so you can end up flying around and doing lots of weird stuff. Yeah, that was like another clue that has like a hint to the white outfit, but I thought that was a bit too obvious given your playtime, so <laughs> I decided against well, it. <laughs> I, well, well, thank you very much. Fun <laughs> fact about this game is that uh, when I played it on VS4, I didn't know the other thing that was with you on some stages of the game was a player. <laughs> I had zero idea they they were like a, another there was another person behind that uh, creature, but it made all the sense. I think I wasn't uh, after. Yeah, I wasn't like a hundred percent sure. I was like, I think this is another player, but I don't know. And <laughs> until I'd played it heaps, and that's a that's a game that I do replay a lot. Um, even now I'll go back and play it because I can finish it in like a couple of hours and, you know, I know the game inside out by now because I've played it so much. But um, just as an aside while we're talking about Journey because what a great game, uh, <laughs> one, one thing that I did do once when I was playing it and I had my white outfit and I met another player who had a white outfit as well and one of the most fun things you can do in that game is try and communicate with each other and... Um, try and talk to another person through just you basically push a button and you make like a chirpy sound yeah yeah and that's when but you I can realized. understand so much yeah yeah 
to the point like this other player and I, we both had like, because both of our outfits were, uh, if you unlock the white outfit, you basically don't have to recharge your scarf. It just automatically recharges. So you can, uh, you can jump and fly and stuff for as long as you basically are able to, or you know, as, as long as you want, you don't run out of juice. And so we ended up flying outside of the bounds of the map that we were on. And it took about half an hour, but we just kept, because if you chirp next to each other, you recharge each other as well at the same time. So we're both flying through the sky, recharging each other's flight. And to the point we went over the top of one of the levels into like the out of bounds area. So, you know, it looks mental. There was no textures and it's just this big empty plane of game. (laughs) And we're just flying for like half an hour just for ages until we, came back down and basically skipped a couple of levels and ended up in like another couple of levels down the track mm-hmm. because it's all connected on the map. And, um, yeah, it was just so much fun because we were just messing about and managed to break the game significantly. So, <laughs> And that's how everything, like, and that's how uh, real friendships begin. <laughs> you break the game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we had a great time, and thankfully I recorded it, and I think I actually put it on my YouTube channel. But, um, yeah, I'll try and find a link if, if anyone's interested. But uh, it's just good times. So, yeah. No, cool. I'm, I'm glad I eventually got that because, man, I was struggling for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but that brings us to a draw then because we're both on two points. We both had a main plus guess, which I think – might be more common than not. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's see on the next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have to, I don't know. I'll be interested to see if there's a point where we start trying to really make it hard because I feel like it's going to always be hard no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that'll pretty much do us for this episode, I reckon. Yeah. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening to this uh, Two Gamers uh, Rumble for a long time. Uh, we'll see you back. We'll see you again in the next episode. So, bye. Catch you later, everybody. begin. (laughs) You break the game.